Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Jacob once said, I'm not worthy. John the Baptist once said, I'm not worthy. The centurion once said, I'm not worthy. I would say that we all struggle with the sense of self-worth. It's very real, yet it's not real too. For our worth is not defined in how we feel about ourselves or how we view ourselves. Our worth is defined in the Lord Jesus Christ and heaven's view of us. In Revelation 5, a search is performed in heaven and in earth for one who is worthy. And nobody's found to be worthy save one, of whom the writer of Hebrews says the world was not worthy of him. All of heaven rises up and shouts to the Lord Jesus Christ, Thou art worthy. Hello, this is Ken Gurley, and here on Daily Devotions, we're discussing this week our worship to the only true and worthy God, for indeed only one is worthy. In Revelation 5, when the only worthy one was found, everybody bowed, elders, angels, every living creature, endlessly engaged in what we all call worship. And it's for so many things in Scripture. Worship is described as bowing down, oh come let us worship and bow down. Kneeling, let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Standing, my foot stands in an even place in the congregation will I bless the Lord. Lifted hands, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Applause, oh, clap your hands, all ye people. This is all part of us declaring him worthy. And who can forget the role that our voice plays? Scripture says, Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. And the heathens said, The Lord has done great things for them. We worship Him with the dance. Let them praise His name in the dance. But whether it's bowing, kneeling, standing, lifting our voices, clapping our hands, shouting, or dancing, we are all bid to worship the Lord. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Not because it's our favorite song, not because of the rhythm of the music, not as a result of being shamed or guilted into it, but because he's worthy, eminently worthy to be worshiped. Rhetorically, Isaiah once asked, to whom will you liken God? What likeness will you compare unto him? Have you not known? Have you not heard? Hath it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. The British king has a palace. The president in the United States has a White House. But our God sits on the circle of the earth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Magnify the one who created this earth, this ball some 8,000 miles in diameter on which we live. As imposing as it is, as wide as its seven seas, as vast and diverse as its seven continents, this earth is just God's footstool. 
So Isaiah challenges us to look beyond the earth beneath or about us and behold the heavens above us. Lift up your eyes on high, the prophet proclaimed, and behold who hath created these things. If the thickness of a single sheet of paper represented the distance from earth to the sun, some 93 million miles, the width of that luminous ladder of stars that we call the Milky Way would be a stack of paper 310 miles high. The distance just to the edge of the known universe would be a stack of paper 31 million miles high. But God is so great that when he got ready to claim credit for creating those stars, he only used five words. The Bible says he made the stars also. No big deal. He used 50 chapters to tell us about the tabernacle in the wilderness, but five words to describe the creation of the stars. According to the scientists peering through the hail reflector atop Mount Palomar, there are at least a million galaxies greater than our own, just in the bowl of the Big Dipper. David said in Psalm 102, The heavens are the works of thy hands. They shall perish, but Lord, you shall endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment, as a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, O Lord, and thy years shall have no end. Before the world was, God was no younger. And when it's all consumed and melts with the fervent heat, he will not be one day older. He is made not after the law of carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. Our God is so very worthy. Would you magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. If you asked a physiologist what it takes to make a man, they may tell you about 58 pounds of oxygen, 50 quarts of water, two ounces of salt, three pounds of carbon, and 24 pounds of calcium. Add in a little chlorine, phosphorus, iron, sulfur, silicon, and the like, and you got a man. But God did it with dust. And with that dust, he made a man with eyes that have 100 million receptors, ears with 24,000 vibrating fibers, bodies boasting 500 muscles and over 200 bones, seven miles of nerve fiber, all synchronized to give us agility and motion. And he did it all with dust. He made us and he made us so complex that a postage sized piece of skin has 3 million cells a yard of blood vessels, four yards of nerves, 100 sweat glands, 15 oil glands, and 25 nerve endings. And the evolutionists ask us to believe that the blind forces of nature produce these medical marvels that are the human bodies. But frankly, it'd be easier to believe that Webster's unabridged dictionary came from an explosion in a printing plant than to believe that. I know where it all came from. And the Bible challenges us to behold the earth about us, the heavens above us, and even our own makeup, and see that God is worthy to be worshipped. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. He is Jehovah Shema, the Lord who is present. Jehovah Shalom. He's God, our peace. 
He's Jehovah Ra, the Lord, our shepherd. He's Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals us. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner, our conqueror. Jehovah Sitkanu, the Lord, our righteousness. The Lord Hosanyu, the Lord, our maker. The Lord Matadesh, the Lord that sanctifies. Jehovah Elyon, the Lord most high. And of course, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides for all of our needs. He is above all, through all, in you all. He is God blessed forever. Can you find the end of his limitless supply? Can you exhaust his inexhaustible power? No, you can't. He's worthy to be praised. When Job came complaining before God, God suggested he sit down and answer a few questions, just a few questions, simple questions. There will be a quiz afterwards like, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Were you around when I laid the cornerstone of creation? Did you see me shut the sea with doors? Did you hear when all of the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy? We soon run out of things to talk about when we talk about ourselves, but when we focus our heart and minds on God, we step into the eternal and the inexhaustible. I'm speaking about our God who is eminently worthy of our worship, our praise. To be sure, the supreme need of the hour is a fresh revelation of the wealth, the wonder, the worthiness of our great God. Jesus Christ is at the center of our worship, and he is worthy. It was the late E.V. Hill who told a story about an old woman in his church who everyone called old 1800 because no one knew how old she was. This elderly woman was hard on visiting preachers because she had a firm belief that Jesus Christ was to be the center of worship and all messages preached. If the preacher was slow about getting to that central theme, she would begin to shout, get him up, raise him up. After a few minutes, if she didn't think he was making too much progress, she would repeat it again, get him up, raise him up. Over and over, she would say that. Our job is to lift Jesus up. So many Hebrew words for praise. Here are a few of them. Halal, to clamorously, foolishly cry out before God. Yada, to fling out one's hand. Shabbat, to shout with a loud voice. If I be lifted up, Jesus said, I will draw all men unto me. He was speaking, of course, about Calvary, but the same could be said for worship. As we lift up the Lord, there is a magnetism that takes place. Abraham made that torturous trek up the face of Moriah. And at the conclusion of three days of travel, his hopes, his dreams bound up in the life of his boy, who was balancing a bundle of sticks and firewood for a fire and the makings of sacrifice. Decades of travel and trial were about to be distilled down into this one moment. And to the answer of his son, where is the sacrifice? The old patriarch said, God will provide. God will provide. But what followed was a testament of truth, characterized by the rivers of blood and mountains of sacrifice, that the Bible is an unfolding drama of God providing himself a sacrifice the lamb that was slain in Eden and became a covering for Adam and Eve, 
Noah building an altar and sacrificing that there would be no more floods. Abraham offering rams on the plains of Mamre and entering into covenant in Egypt. Israel offered the lamb for all such that the death angel passed over. At the door of the tabernacle, morning and evening sacrifices were made and sin's penalty pushed ahead until finally we come to Calvary. And at Calvary, all of the goats and the bullocks and the calves that had been sacrificed came to a screeching halt because God provided himself a sacrifice. He was enough. He is able to save to the uttermost. He can do all things by the power of his name and through his blood. He told Mary at the tomb, don't touch me. I've yet to ascend to my father. Not long after Peter and John raced to the tomb, John stops at the door, sees the disheveled clothes from the body of Jesus Christ. Peter enters and sees a napkin neatly folded about where his head had lain. A few hours from then, Jesus walks through a wall and he tells Thomas, touch, touch my hands, touch my side. And his reply is what all of ours should be, my Lord and my God. Get him up. Raise him up. Worship is our response, both personal and corporate to God, for who he is, what he's done, and how he's expressed himself in our lives and the way we live. So my challenge to you today is lift up the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.